Hello and welcome to Coffee Lovers Radio. I am your weekly host, Joseph Robertson, with Coffee Lovers Magazine. Before we dive into today's show, uh, I have just a couple quick updates. We currently have just a couple days left on the giveaway to win The Art and Craft of Coffee. It's a really awesome book by Kevin Sinnott. Whether you're a beginner or expert with coffee, it's a book you should definitely have on your shelf. And he'll be signing this one. Just uh, go on over and visit coffeeloversmag.com slash contest to enter. As always, we would love to have your rating and review on iTunes. Just take a quick hop over to the store and let everyone know what you think. You can find links to the show at coffeeloversradio.com. We also thank Jesse Nelson and Conduit Coffee for hosting the show. Check them out at conduitcoffee.com. On today's show, Jesse and I dig into some of the driving forces of consumers in coffee. It's all about desire, habit, routine, and how you can approach things differently to get more out of your own coffee. So sit back and enjoy the show. It's a little vague, but I think most people uh, take coffee in their lives as just a, another thing, right. like soap. Right. Like, well, I take a shower and I wash the soap, of course. I wake up and I have a coffee, of course. Of it's course. It's just like another thing that you have. But at a certain point, after you've, you maybe you've heard enough people talking about it, or you read some article, or you've had to drink enough coffee that you didn't like, you start saying there's got to be more to this. Right. And that's where we try to step in. Um, but there's such a vast range. Right. There's people who love instant, even if they hate it, they love it. And there's people who won't touch anything, but I don't know, 95 plus rated geisha coffee that (laughs) is brewed in. Right. If you don't know what that is and you're also part of the 99%. Yeah. (laughs) Um, what I think is, so my perspective, I, I think about this a lot because we're a wholesale coffee company. So how do you sell more coffee? How do you break into people's routines and convince them? Um, and that's certainly an area of our business plan. It was difficult to wrap our head around. It still is. Um, yeah. So we certainly didn't plan for it. Um, it's just how hard it is to get coffee into people's hands. Um, yeah. You know, I always, I still have it up on the wall, but it's that old Calvin and Hobbes where he's sitting there and. You know, he has his little soapbox outside, and he's selling stuff, and it says Swift kick in the butt for $1. Everyone needs what I have. <laughs> Everybody needs what I'm selling. And it's like, why aren't you buying this? You know, yeah. even it's like your parents don't buy as much as you think they should, you know, or giving it out as much. And it's such a funny thing. So kind of what I've realized is that there's there's different types of addiction. Hmm. So I, I, I think I've narrowed it down to three. So there's the, there's the basic routine that can be somewhat addictive, right? Of just your routine in the morning, you get up, you have your coffee. Um, And with that cup of coffee often comes cream and sugar and things that are addictive in their own right. But it's just definitely part of your routine. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. And so that's that's one layer that gets most people their caffeine for the day. It's like a security blanket. Right, exactly. And it's just their routine, right? Yeah. And everybody knows, like, this, no, this is what I do when I get to work. You know, it doesn't matter if you like the coffee or not. It's, like it's just what you do. always has the 16-ounce. Right. Move. I don't know. I've always had a cup. walking at the door. Yeah. Always. Always. Yeah. Um, and I was even addicted to, like, the one type of REI travel mug that they had there. I was really upset when they didn't <laughs> You know, and I wore out, like, four of them. Yeah. Um, 
So that was one layer, and then another layer that I've realized, and this was probably the most obvious to me growing up, was that there's the addictive atmosphere of a cafe. Mm. You know, when you walk into a space, it's friendly. There's usually young, hip people working there. They're doing stuff that you probably can't do yourself or you're curious about. And you get a chat, and it's this little brief interaction with young, hip people. And that's cool, right? That feels really good to walk into that situation and feel appreciated and have a conversation with somebody. That has and so that whole, can turn into a routine as well. Yeah, well, that has the whole element of, of you feel a part of a group. Exactly. Which is a... Like a I mean, basic human drive. That dopamine rush when you walk into a cafe or restaurant or any place where somebody knows your name and you're a regular. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is that is far more addictive than probably caffeine. That 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 little rush of excitement when people know who you are. Yeah. Um, so I think that a lot of that's underestimated when you're trying to sell coffee to people and trying to try and convince new people or you know new consumers of your coffee, your product that they should try something different. Um, let me go back to the third layer sure. real quick. It's obvious is caffeine is addictive, right? Mm-hmm. So you're selling an addictive thing by young, cute people that's part of your routine, mm-hmm. right? There's not very many products that are part of that without being down and out in the gutter. You know, I mean, there's there's really nothing else that facilitates that sort of, except it, probably it the good most socially, food. most socially acceptable, accepted addictive drug. Well, probably. yeah, yeah. But, I would think yeah. so. Drifting more, back to the, the more than yeah the cafe more than I would say more than alcohol yeah yeah I mean well, I mean al- alcohol is is socially accepted but with controversy well right and it but it's coffee certainly not isn't. socially accepted that you go and have your cocktail in the morning for yeah, a thing but coffee, it's absolutely okay that you go and have this addictive substance like, sub- right. it's it's gone into a more base level right. of our consciousness. Exactly, and that's what's cool about it. I mean, yeah. it's coffee's been there for us. Hey, we're having a thunderstorm. Yeah, I don't know if you could hear that on the podcast, but probably not. It's the first burst of thunder I've heard in months. Sweet. When I first moved to Seattle, I was from Colorado, and I moved to Seattle. And it was the first spring that I'd lived here, and there was a thunderstorm. And mm-hmm. it occurred to me that I hadn't heard thunder since I lived here. And in Colorado, it's a pretty regular thing, especially in the fall, mm-hmm. having these big thunderstorms roll in. It's probably one thing I really miss the most. I love thunderstorms. Yeah. I wish we had more. So it's exciting when we get it in Seattle. Oh, we're going to lose power. The, yeah, lights flicker. Sweet. We can do a podcast in the dark and nobody will know. Joseph, can I interrupt you real quick? So we're on the we're okay. on the podcast. Um, well, two things. You you said you were out of coffee and you wanted some of the Papua New Guinea. And second... You said I wanted the Papua New Guinea. Well, because it's delicious. Yeah, it's delicious. <laughs> Um, the second thing is, and it's a little irrelevant by the time this airs, but today is March 31st, which means tomorrow is April Fool's Day. That's true. So I have our new springtime blend for you. And if you oh could just please goodness. tell me what you think. Shall I? <laughs> yeah, I sp- I'll explain. I'll explain for those listening. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should just put... I'll make this the picture for the episode. It's the conduit, berries, nuts, and anise. <laughs> I'm going to pronounce it that way. <laughs> for one week only, we have a very special blend to commemorate the fact that it's April already. Yes. Holy cow. Wow. Did you send this to people? So this is our, our working springtime blend. Okay. Um, a few people have received this. Um, first time I've done a joke. An April Fool's joke <laughs> under the conduit name, so we'll see how it's received. 
I feel like I need a handwrite explanation to go with all of them. But um, yeah, so we just, you know, we want your feedback on our berries, nuts, and anise. Excellent. <laughs> I will. Uh... I'm really excited. So that's 50% of the of our brand new Papua New Guinea Rika Rika. Lovely coffee. I'm falling in love with it. Um, and so then 50% of the Abaco de Cacao. Is this what we uh, had down there? Essentially, yeah. Um, slightly nice. different roast profile on the on the New Guinea. That's quite nice. I liked it. It, it had, a, had a kind of a, a juicy crispness to it. Yeah, it's kind of going for like a honey orange. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. Have you have you tried it? On, uh, we're way off topic here, but that's fine. We're talking about berries, nuts, and other things. Uh, <laughs> and have you tried it on on ice? Or uh, cold brew? I have. I have done a Chemex over ice with it twice. Mm. Um, and that was sort of actually the first way I tested it because it's, it's what we're bringing to the table for the next few months as our little fun little blend. Very exciting. Um, actually, I'm going to put this on Instagram right now. No, nah, you have to wait till tomorrow. I'll uh, put it on Instagram tomorrow, which <laughs> will be last week if you're listening to this. <laughs> Why do I say if you're listening to this? If you're listening to this. Because at this point, <laughs> they've given up on you. Okay. Well, <laughs> if this is still running and you're sound asleep, I mean that preface is not. It's April already. Yeah. Um, so that jumping this back week when to you're the cafe. To yeah. So you 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 had you had mentioned the, the experience in the cafe and that that sort of dopamine rush of going to a place where you're recognized and known and that sort of thing. But I think it, it it's something that happens as well when you even when you go into a new cafe, if the experience there. It lines up with an experience that right. you identify with, or with that you're expecting. Yeah, or expecting, or that sort of thing. Then you get that same feeling as well, mm-hmm. uh, which is why Starbucks works. Cause right. You walk into any Starbucks that has the same experience, and you get the same feeling. Right. Um, when the staff people feel like you're, you know you could become a regular because they're so nice to you, their customer service is yeah. so good, or their coffee is so good. Absolutely. Um, we had been talking about cafes. Yeah, and then there are companies like Beanbox. Well, right. I mean, a... the point is, how do you get coffee into people's hands that wouldn't ordinarily find our coffee? Right. You know, that's right. my point as a as yeah. a conduit wholesale business mm-hmm. is to how how do you bring people in to buy our coffee, um, versus just sharing our coffee and trying to convince you know not convince people but trying to just share it so that maybe they'll buy it in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So Beanbox is a perfect example of getting small small samples in your in your mail, you don't have a huge variety, but they do a pretty good job at selecting them and pairing them with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you get to try that in the privacy of your own home. So you're not, you know, you don't have to feel pressured to go to a cafe and, and talk to the barista or know the lingo, you know, or feel, you know, you can be confident about the way you're brewing or whatever and just have your own taste test at home. Yeah. Yeah. We've had the most traction with Beanbox because they, uh, people are brewing it at home and they're, you know, side by side, they'll be able to give an honest mm-hmm. feedback about yeah. their coffee. And they like the medium coffee. That's true. Yeah. You know, I mean, the vast majority of, of this. And that's that's the thing. When you break into people's routines is, you know, somebody that's used to their navy coffee, dark, rich with cream and lots of sugar, they're not going to get into an Ethiopian. Yeah. There are like a, lot of, a lot of people who just can't take that. Right. That's which is fascinating right. to me. But, um or they like it, but they would never drink it in the morning. You know, like it's some people don't want their geography lesson first thing in the morning. They just want their cup of cream and sugar and caffeine. Yeah. On, an, on a completely other spectrum. Um, so this morning, 
as we're recording this this morning, um, I uh, uh, interviewed for the next issue of Coffee Lovers Magazine, uh, Mike Brown, CEO of uh, Death Wish Coffee. Right. Completely different. Uh, so the the Death Wish Coffee is a is a blend of um, robusta and arabica. Mm. Uh, it's roasted dark. Uh, they drop it at second crack. For those of you following that nomenclature, <laughs> um, and so with the 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 robusta, they get a lot more caffeine in their, right. their coffee, which is which is kind of one of the main things. Right. He he had been, um, and you'll you'll hear this in the interview and the issue, but he had kind of stumbled across it just experimenting, uh, had found the cup to be really strong in like flavor, and. Um, was like this has to be the world's strongest coffee, and no one else had laid claim to that, so he did. Um, <laughs> now there's on Amazon. A, like there's a huge following. Well, I mean, relatively speaking, you know, they have a. I guess I should say is a really strong following. Right. Uh, I mean, they got a they got a pretty nice sized audience of like really enthusiastic, dedicated customers right. who just really identify with the idea of what they're doing, and. Um, I, I've yet to have the coffee, but it's not, you know, it's not the springtime blend that we were describing. Right. It's not uh, totally different philosophy. Ethiopian. It's a totally yeah. different yeah. chef's philosophy on what to do with those beans and why they're doing that. Yeah. But it's, it's just really cool to see enthusiastic um, consumer base right. on that scale. Well, that's that's the fun part when you hit that stride, mm -hmm. no matter what scale it is. But you find that enthusiastic base; it feels good about what you're what you're doing and who you're interacting with, right? So, I guess now I'm addicted to the people that are addicted to my coffee, because when they show up, it's it's really fun to see people that's at true. their cup. <laughs> yeah. So then we come to the, the K cup. K cup. <laughs> yeah, you know. I whatever. I don't care about K Cup. Like I don't care about Green Mountain Coffee. I mean, they're. It's. This is my opinion purely. Um, it's not worth my energy to worry about the K Cup because my experience is people drinking well, K Cup and relying upon K Cup are not relying upon K Cup for the quality of the cup of coffee, they're relying on it for the ease of use and that addictive part of the routine. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They want their cup in the morning. They don't have time for whatever reason. All of, you know, most of them are legit. They don't have time to make coffee. It takes a while to make quality cup of coffee at home. There, there, there's also kind of uh, an interesting, like, ooh, lightning. There's an inter, did you see the bowl? I did, that was a big bowl right over Capitol Hill. Oh. Hmm. Let's go sailing. I'm gonna pause for a second. Yeah. You hear that, Will? <laughs> you are going to be on, on audio being electrocuted outside the window. I hope. I hope that's how I go out. If uh, you feel inclined to scream something as you're clenching, make it good. Okay. And last words and all. Yep. It's hailing at the studio. So, we were so rudely interrupted by Mother Nature. Okay, so, um, let's see, we, we were talking about, talking about K-Cups and how it's, uh, 
It's uh, people are addicted to like the ease of use. It's the routine. But the routine, right? But so I, I was, um, I was going to say, uh, and I recall, I recall this, like when I first started drinking coffee. I think this was right before, really the, the Keurig came about, because um, there, there were some, um, sort of one cup coffee brewers. Right. Where you stick your travel mug in and you push a button and you get a cup of coffee. Yeah. And I thought that like nineteen ninety three. The idea of that was like no, no, this is like. Yeah, but they look like they're from the two thousands. Oh, right. okay, yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, Made by Stanley. Uh, and and uh, I never I never ended up getting one, so I don't know. I'm sure it was whatever junk right. coffee, but it wasn't the pod thing. Is the point? Right. I remember when the pods came out shortly after I discovered those. But the idea of having this like personal, there's something about it. This like personal, you know, your own cup. Even though was, I was living in my own apartment, still <laughs> right. having this like machine where I put you know my own travel mug in and it makes me my own one cup of coffee. Well, right. And that's it. That's fine. There's something uh, something about that that goes just beyond the ease of use, because there are other things that like. Right. So, but back to what we were saying as far as getting specialty coffee into those yeah. spots. I mean, that method in the K cup or the pods. Because the Chemex is as easy to use as one of those. No. You think? I mean, standing over a Chemex, waiting for the water to boil. You know, I mean, that, that's the thing is that. I guess it's not, it's not quite. You can make an incredible cup of coffee by yourself. Like a French press, though. French press is easy. And that was the. So I started telling you before we were recording yeah, the French story. Press. So this woman. Um, she has a little communal office space that they rent out time and mm. they were they were buying a fair amount of our coffee and brewing that but she had an issue with new people not cleaning up the kitchen area and just leaving coffee grounds or getting inside not knowing how to make it not grinding it right and then she just went to Costco and you know they basically gave her a, a K-cup machine and that was much easier for her cleanliness nobody nobody was responsible for it it was easy and then she bought the refillable ones and we ground the coffee to so that she could refill it and what mm -hmm. she realized was it was just much work to make a french press as it was to refill her her pod and put that in there and do that right um, so that just kind of dwindled out because of the ease of use of the k cup so you don't do a k cup because you want quality coffee i mean if you're really concerned about the cup of coffee and you're hand in the morning uh, the, the, the actual well no that's that's what i'm like definitely like i don't think anyone who does that obviously anyone who does a k-cup is not seriously con concerned with the quality of their coffee but i think people who who that's a bold statement are <laughs> can we have you say that again berries nuts and anise anise <laughs> using using a pod coffee maker let's say a pod coffee maker because there are other ones right but it's the, pre, the preformed pods in general preformed yeah. you're not gonna it's not possible to get the quality the flavor or whatever right. from that uh, just because it's pre-ground for the most part mm -hmm. um, and there's probably questionable elements to the brew method as well Right, temperature. Um, I mean, I would say that the heat consistency is probably better. Heat better bet on that smaller cup, K cup, than it would be for, you know, a little drip or pod system in a hotel room. Um, but I, I think there, there's. I certainly. I mean, there are obviously people who, as you said, you, you've known people who uh, have 
have been on the K-Cup, and then they try to get into specialty coffee, but then they end up back on the K-Cup for ease of use. Or both. Uh, or you know, both. they'll get their Chemex, uh, and they sell their K-Cup. Uh, that's, that's fast. But I, I guess... I mean, there has there has to be a lot of people who, who just who are who are using the K cup because that's the thing, right? That's like one of the ways they get into it. Right, but they're not getting into it for coffee. They're getting into it because they already were into mm. that quick coffee routine. I mean, if they if they are avoiding going through the drive through because they have their K cup in their hand, then that that's sort of an irrelevant part of the coffee industry than specialty coffee. Yeah. You know, so the people that are into the K cup are into the the speed and ease of having a nice cup of coffee or a. But cup you of don't coffee. think a K cup, a regular K cup drinker could easily, or not easily, but you don't think a K cup drinker can be converted for lack of a better word. I do. How would you do that? Um, well, it's it's interrupting that routine, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the that's a great philosophical question, and it's more interesting right. the less you tie it to your own business and money. And just trying to figure out why people <laughs> do what they do. That's you know, right. it's That's fascinating. Right. It's it's frustrating when somebody says, hey, we're not going to buy coffee from you anymore because we got a cake up given to us. And it's like, well, that stinks. That's silly. You know, yeah, you're never going to taste that Ethiopian Guji the way the same way, you know. And so I think that there is, and that's the that's the part about just being friendly to people with these routines is it, whether it's a K-Cup or a drive through Starbucks or whatever, like, like that's that's separate from our line of work and so like you know our neighbors that always go to starbucks all the time mm-hmm. the metal workers next door for the audience they uh you know they go to starbucks all the time because they're there at five in the morning six in the morning it's the only thing that's open it's on it's totally convenient obviously because there's so many of them mm-hmm. and that's just what they have and it doesn't mean they don't enjoy our lattes here but it's definitely a change of the routine for them to stop working come over and get you know handcrafted right. nice latte from us and that's and so it's not a quality thing they like the single origins. They're able to enunciate, you know, articulate the differences between the coffees, but it doesn't necessarily make them stop buying. It's almost like they're adding on to their coffee consumption. So maybe that's maybe that's the key point is like, look, you drink your cup in the morning. We get it. We're not going to argue with how you like that, whether it's a K-cup or like half and, you know, half and half or heavy whipping cream. But how about that nice little cup of coffee in the afternoon with an AeroPress when you have a little bit more time and you just want a nice... You know, have time to think about it, and you want a nice cup. You know, I got my dad sold on stovetop uh, mocha pot because he'd get off of—he's uh, a teacher—he'd get off of class and come home, and you just make a little single serving of near espresso for himself. Mm-hmm. You know, and now he's onto the AeroPress, so he can make a little cup, and it's fantastic. You can control the size and the volume. Doesn't mean he doesn't do his—I mean, he buys our darker style as well, and then he loves his single origins that we send him in the mail. But they're very different times of day of when he's willing to put that effort in to enjoy. The specialty coffee aspect of it. Otherwise, just a routine. Do we want to end on K-Cup? I don't have anything else here. I think I think the important thing about K-Cup is that it's not necessarily an improper way to have your caffeine in your routine in the morning, but it's definitely not a way to get into specialty coffee. And so there's a lot of marketing that makes people think that they're going to get into specialty coffee because they're in control of that one cup of coffee that they're having. But obviously, what we but the availability of specialty coffee into K-Cups is, is rare, but, you know, really what they're getting is a difference in flavorings like, you know, hazelnut cream versus, you know, vanilla or something like that. And that's not actually specialty coffee. No. That's old school, you know, post-World War II, let's put flavorings in our coffee. Right. No. Um, it's it, And that's the dynamic that's coming from post-World War II in this convenience that Americans really want. You know, yeah. Uh, is it, I've seen... 
So like um, we spoke about Deathwish a little bit earlier. Uh, they at some point, I think last year or the year before, they're in. They're just into their third year right now, I think. Really? Um, they started shortly before I did, apparently. Wow. Which is kind of cool. That makes me. That humbles me in my business. I mean, they, it's it's a it'll, it's a it's a cool interview. It's a cool story. Um, the way the guy got started. Uh, but so they're doing they're doing pickups. Well, they're right. doing uh, pod like. Well, things. that's their business model is to get into um, that larger demand. You know, it's well, not a specialty coffee demand to say you're doing robusta. It's a caffeine addiction. No, it's a cap. Yeah, it's it's the addiction and right. That's lots. Well, it's two things, right? Easier. It's it's the yeah. It's those key words of more caffeine, yeah. bold, dark, gross, right? And that's irrelevant to the specialty coffee industry, other than sales and just trying to figure out how to articulate your frustration with. Well, if if your goal if your goal of course is like finely crafted, you know you're paying a lot of attention to the right. roast and the origin and the results you get, and you can't you can't pre grind that and put it in something right. that's easy to make. Isn't that the kind of the the? And, but isn't that like the wretched part of this industry? Is the most more care you put in with the higher quality beans from the higher quality farms and the communication, the network you create, going into a higher quality roast and specialty coffee is then considered on the outside of the standard, which is caffeine, routine, dark roast, forget about your farmer. You know, I mean, this... Yeah, but I guess you could probably say that about most things. Exactly. So that's my point. Like, that's the wretched aspect of it, is that this is where our food culture is diverging from what's healthy for ourselves and for our planet, is because we easily can just say, yeah, K-Cup's convenient, and throw away... You know, ten to thirty of these things a week. I like how there uh, there was a news story last week or the week before about how uh, Keurig is going to make all of their pods biodegradable by twenty twenty. By twenty twenty, like, I know. Right, okay. And those articles came out right when the pods started. Right. I mean, that's. Anyways, it's the thing is with corn, corn based, compostable things. The the materials they things they <laughs> they don't work well with hot water yeah you know I mean plastics don't work well with hot no. water and so anyways I I, I don't know I, if any of you are regular K-cup drinkers um, I'd be interested to hear from you your thoughts right. on our thoughts your thoughts on our thoughts I'm really not trying to I use the word wretched in all seriousness but I'm not trying to offend people for this yeah it's no, more of just no. recognizing what it is i guess i think as 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 we've said before uh if you love what you love then that's what you love and that's great um, i would love to hear from anybody that but, loves their k-cup for any reason other than just speed i will send them a bag of coffee if they touch base with you okay yeah there you go get a bag of coffee conduit coffee just uh so um it'd be good to know how to get touch touch base with us Touch face. Touch face. Touchface.com. Touch our face <laughs> at the show at coffeeleversradio.com. Remember your old website? My old website? <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, those are the days. What are you talking about? <laughs> the face before touching touch your, Yeah, before your oh. face touching.com. Oh, uh, Remember that time we brought 
Adam Carolla on the coffee talk on the coffee lovers radio. Uh, do you know someone who knows him? Let's bring him on the show. I would love to sit down and make Adam Carolla a cup of coffee because he would say some awful offensive things about it and then love it at the end. It would be great. We should try to get well-known people in Seattle to come in and have a coffee made for yeah. them on the I know show. Rain Wilson. He's a friend of mine. We can have him Are you serious? No. Stop saying things. Oh, God, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> um, you just have to well. fade out this episode just slowly. <laughs> the best part about coffee is that people are addicted to it, and there are these amazing routines. So the more that we can get specialty coffee, not necessarily expensive specialty coffee, but co- coffee that's better for the better for the people making it, better for the environment, maybe roasted by smaller businesses. Like, the more that we can get that coffee into mm. that routine and the convenience, the better it is for everybody. I mean, it's going to be just yeah. better coffee. So we have to be accepting of the K-Cup phenomenon because a lot of people are using them. Well, yeah, I think... Um, so intercepting, intercepting that routine and adding on to that yeah. routine is the key for small coffee companies like ourselves. I would say from a, uh, from a consumer perspective, if, if you are... You know, if you have it in your mind that you maybe there's something more to what you're experiencing or you want to figure it out, I would just say um, keep an open mind and look for ways to uh, disrupt your own routine because mm-hmm. I think that's going to be the best way to right. uh, to learn new things. And maybe that's maybe it's Saturday morning is when you try screwing around with a French press. Seriously. Try it one time. I mean, it's that manual brew method. It's a rabbit hole when you get into yeah. coffee and you're like, oh, so my gosh. you have that one cup. My little experimenting with an AeroPress that I happen to buy for 30 bucks. Mm. And if, if you don't want to go down the rabbit hole, seriously, stop listening or go away. Because as soon as you have that good cup, that's you're it. Sucked you're done. In. Yeah. That's the truth. It is. You can still have your K-cup, but you're also going to find yourself You're going to hate wanting, your K-cup. <laughs> you're going to want it to do more other than just caffeinate you. Yeah. So that's what we have to say. Yep. That's a rapture. Cheerio. Chowda.